Our reading this morning is from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 16. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. But each of us was given grace according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it is said, when He ascended on high, He made captivity itself a captive. He gave gifts to His people. When it says He ascended, what does it mean but that He had also descended into the lower parts of the earth? He also descend, he also, he who descended is the same one who ascended far above all the heavens so that he might fill all things. The gifts he gave were that some would be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ until all of us come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to maturity, to the measure of the full stature of Christ. We must no longer be children tossed to and fro and blown about by every wind of doctrine, by people's trickery, by their craftiness and deceitful scheming, but speaking the truth in love, we must grow up in every way into Him who is the head into Christ, from, wh from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by every ligament with which the, it is equipped, as part as working properly, promotes the body's growth in building itself up in love. May God add a blessing to this reading of the Scripture and cause it to be the inspired word for us today. Paul here says that we are called to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called. And I guess as I approached this text this week, I wondered, well, what does that, what does that mean to live a life worthy of the calling we've been giving? And Paul goes on to talk about two very important things. The first one is unity. He says this, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And then goes on to say there's one body, one Spirit, one Father, one baptism, one Lord of all. And points us toward unity, being together. The New Testament focuses on this quite a bit. Over and over again, we are, we are told by Christ and others to love one another. And that's what it is to be in Christ, is to be together, love one another, unified together, being of one heart and one mind. And then Paul talks about another thing, this calling notion, which uh, in a broader sense, the word that is mostly used for this is vocation. Vocation. Uh, and he says, he says this in, in verse 7, but each of us was given grace according to the measure of Christ's gift. Vocation, calling, that which we have been uniquely equipped for and that which we are particularly given to accomplish that thing that God has placed in your heart 
and ultimately in your hands. Vocation. So on the one hand, we're called to be unified. On the other hand, we are given unique and particular gifts and callings and purposes in life. And they, they seem kind of incongruous, don't they, a little bit? But this is one of my favorite aspects of Paul's writing. He is not urging people to be one and the same. He's not urging us to be all the same people, kind of automatons, just walking around saying, yes, sir, no, sir, using all those churchy words that no one knows what they mean anyway. He's urging us to be unified even though our experiences, our thoughts, our gifts, our perspectives, the way we look, the way we think, where we come from, how we act, what's important to us, all of that is very different. And Paul seems to be saying, don't lose that. Hang on to that. But be unified anyway. Let the transcendence of Christ draw you together in spite of all of your differences. We're not called to homogeny. We're not called to be just mindless automatons. We are called to be who God created us to be. To be gifted uniquely and yet to be unified in spite of that. In fact, by design to bring that into unity with the rest of the church. Paul ties this unity together with our calling, in fact, and our giftedness as, as empowerment from the Holy Spirit calling us into particular purpose, into vocation. Which, um, this word vocation, it actually comes from the Latin word voce, which means voice. Right? And so Parker Palmer in his book gets into this a lot. His book, uh, Let Your Life Speak. It's a good book. You ought to read it. Uh, he talks about the search for vocation as the journey to find one's own voice. And that's really what it's about, amen? It's about learning how to find your own voice. Basically asking some very important questions of yourself in your own life. What is my life going to be about? What kind of person am I? Who am I going to be? What am I going to be like? What, am I gonna, what is my life going to mean at the end of it? What is my life about here and now? And what are the gifts that I have that I've been given to put me on a path for this life that I want to be about? And all of this comes with certain assumptions. The first of which is that God has empowered you to do particular things. Like I was telling the kids up here with this, we each bring a piece to the puzzle. We each bring something to the table. And there's no one here is superfluous or extra. We have exactly who we, this is my assumption, we have exactly who we need here to accomplish the things that God has in store for us. And you bring something. Yeah, I know you, I know you thought that church was all about, you know, I, I just want to be fed. I want to I get my cup filled and then go about my business. And you know what? I'm sorry. It's not going to be that way. <laughs> At least not here. I'm sure there's places you can go. If that's what you're all about, then I'm sure there's places you can go. But I, I, I promise you this. That if you're just looking to get, as you sit in the pews at First Baptist Church, pretty soon you're going to be pretty bored because there's more to being a part of this community of faith 
than just getting. It is also about exploring what it is you have to give to the body of Christ. Amen? And so, you know, we're not kicking anyone out, but I'm going to tell you, if that's what you're after, you're going to get bored. This is going to be boring. Church is boring unless you embrace this full aspect of what it means to be a part of the body of Christ. Not just receiving the blessings, but also being a blessing to the whole body. Amen? So, Parker Palmer talks a lot about this, and, the, and, and all of that comes with those assumptions that you're called here, that you have been given certain things that we need, that, that this church needs, that the body of Christ in Salt Lake City needs, that the body of Christ as a whole needs. And, you know, the trick is trying to figure all of that out. And Paul goes into a list of things in our scripture today. He, he makes a list uh, uh, and, and in other parts of the Bible, Paul makes other lists. So I don't want you to look at these as very, you know, absolute. Paul, Paul kind of plays around with this idea that you're, you're given certain tasks and you're, given, you're called to certain gifts. But I imagine that there's, there's broader tasks, especially after 1,500 years, 2,000 years, uh, the, the tasks have probably broadened a little bit. But he lists a few things, and they're, they're, kind of, they're kind of interesting. He lists first, those are, he says, some were called to be first apostles, and, and that's a title, but it's also, there's a functionality. I'm going to talk about the general functions that go along with these things. Like an apostle, an apostle in the Bible is someone who organizes something completely new. That brings something innovative into the world. Someone who brings about change in people's hearts and in their relationship with God. I don't think you realize how radical, how completely different Christianity was the first century of its existence. It was so completely out of the norm that eventually they started killing them. That's how crazy Christianity was in the beginning. It just didn't even, it was so countercultural that it, it required a complete paradigm change, which I blame the Holy Spirit for that. And Paul says, uh, Paul as an apostle and Peter as an apostle, they were able through the Holy Spirit to orchestrate people's minds and hearts to completely transform into a whole new kind of community. One in which Paul says, we are no longer rich or poor, we are no longer Jew or Gentile, we are no longer male or female, but we are something that is transcendent of all of those things that make us different. Well, that was so different. You know, rich and poor didn't get together. Men and women didn't get together or worship together in the first century anywhere. Christianity brought that into the world. Amen? So it was all complete, and, it, and so an apostle is someone who brings that kind of innovation to bear and transform, you know, helps to transform people's way of seeing the world, of seeing the, the way they live. And so, you know, we need, can you imagine needing someone like that nowadays, don't we? You know, the church has been in decline over the years, the mainline church, and in fact, all churches. Right now, we're in the middle of a, a very big shift. I don't think it, people say it's a crisis. I think it's an opportunity, but people say it's a crisis. That the people are running away from church, but I think that's an opportunity for us to reintroduce Christ in a way that is life affirming and life giving. And what we need there are innovators who are going to bring to bear some creativity that transforms the way people perceive life and the world and in this case 
perhaps even the church. Amen? So then, and, and then there's uh, those who are called to be teachers. And you can ask yourself, am I an apostle? Am I a teacher? Someone who, who takes responsibility for imparting knowledge and teaching people how to learn. You know, there's one thing to, for me to stand up and list out all the statistics and tell you what you ought to know, what you ought to, you know, I could, I could lay it all out for you and just hammer home what, but that isn't teaching. That's just me giving you dogma, right? That isn't teaching. Teaching is, is showing you how to explore your faith, showing you how to learn from God, amen? That's the kind of teachers we need in church, amen? So am I a teacher? Am I a pastor? Now, pastor, that's kind of my title. But the role there in a generic sense is, you know, the pastor portion, the reason I'm called a pastor is it, it comes with this, it's this expectation of caring, of nurturing, a, a nurturing presence who brings compassion to the lonely and the brokenhearted. Someone who is that calm, quiet presence in the midst of chaos. Now I know, I can see what you're thinking right now. That's not Curtis. <laughs> He's anything but a calm presence in the midst of chaos. That's so true. I, in fact, I, I, I get kicked out of emergency rooms on occasion when I'm doing a hospital visit if we get laughing too loud and disturbing the other patients. Actually, I'm not the best pastor we got. We've got people out here who are so much better at this than I am. Right? I have gifts. They're, you know, I have my own gifts, and, but you, you know, being that calm, nurturing presence is not always, I have to work at that, really. <laughs> and I try, I try. But you know what, if I were in the hospital, there are like 10 other people sitting out here right now that I'd much rather have come visit me than me, right? And uh, we know who those folks are. So there are, many, there are many pastors among us who bring that compassion, who bring that, that and I'll do my best, but, <laughs> but there are those among us who are just, who are so good at it, who just are this presence, who, who know what not to say, right? I'm, I, that's my problem. I never know what not to say. And, and they just bring that to it. We have pastors among us, and we need them. An evangelist, someone who passionately shares what God is doing in their life and who is extending the invitation to others to be on a journey of faith as well. We have, we have some evangelists among us. Most of us are probably a little shy about that, right? Talking about what God's doing in your life and all that. There's a few of us. There's a few, and I, I, I shouldn't call her out because she's not sitting here, but I got, if you, you should, you should be a fly. You should be there sometimes when, like, Valerie Hale and I go out to dinner. She is a master at working the, the phrase First Baptist Church into anything, ordering her dinner. And somehow First Baptist Church comes up and, and all of this. And she'll sit that waiter down and tell them all about our church. And, uh, you know, when I first met her, she told me she was an agnostic. But, man, she is on fire now. And, uh, you know, I, without a doubt... This woman has the ability to share what God is doing in her life and, and, and be inviting to others about it. Now, sometimes I'm a little embarrassed by how crazy she gets. But who am I to get in the way of God's gift? Amen? So, and there are those of us, there are many among us who do it. And everyone's worried about offending people. But you know what? The really, when you're good at it, 
no one's ever offended. They're just excited about what's going on in your life and they can see that God is at work. And man, we need those folks who are willing to say, wow, you know, God is doing some things in my, in my life in the midst of who I am. And quite frankly, if God is transforming your life, why wouldn't you talk about it? Who wouldn't you tell that to? Oh, they don't, they don't need to hear about how great God is. Ooh, shame on you for not wanting to share that, not wanting to shout that from the mountaintops. You know, if God's really that active, you ought to be able to share it without worrying about people. Uh, some are called to be a prophet. Now this is, you know, this is another thing we get mixed up on. Sometimes, sometimes we get the notion that what a prophet is about is predicting the future, right? And uh, we got a lot of those on television and and, you know, how Lindsay fancies himself a prophet and all of that nonsense. That's not what a prophet is. What a prophet is, is someone who shines a light on the reality that the world is an incredible contrast to what the kingdom of God is like. I mean, if you look at the Old Testament prophets, what they were doing was they were coming to God's people and they were saying, people, Look, this is what God has in store for you, and this is where you're at. Can, do you see the difference? That's what prophets do. Can you see the difference? Right? Here's what the kingdom of God looks like. Here's what the world looks like. Let's go that direction. <laughs> right? You know who was a prophet? Martin Luther King Jr. He said, look at America. This is what America says it is. This is what America really is. And there's a huge difference. Let's go this direction. And he laid his life out for it. That's what a prophet does. Prophet points. In fact, they were, you know, in the Old Testament, they, everyone hated seeing the prophet coming because he knew there was something wrong. Something's going on. Something's not right. And, uh, you know, they, they took their life in peril when they started pointing out how the, the way we were living was not quite the way the kingdom of God was meant to be. And I think, again, we need some of these, don't we? The church needs some prophets who are willing to say, you know what, we keep talking about the world like it is the kingdom of God already, and it's not. This is not the way God meant things to be. You know, we can look around and we can see the brokenness of the world and go, that is not the kingdom of God, but this is. Let's move that direction, right? We need those prophets. And there's a bunch of other things going on. You know, there's a lot of other needed gifts that come to bear to pull together the body of Christ. This is just a small list of the roles. But there, and, you know, and add to that not only the empowerment that comes from the Holy Spirit not only the, the infilling of these gifts into our lives, but add to that our natural talents uh, that make us a great fit for some particular kind of ministry. For example, I mean, if, you're, if, you're, if your gift is one of that pastoral compassion and you have this incredible gift for music, you can see how those two might work together, right? Your talent of music contributing to your gift for compassion. You can see how... Someone with a gift for compassion would make those two work together and really make it work. Add to that one's own experiences through life, right? We've all lived a life, some of us longer than others, uh, and we have with us life experience that, that, inform, that makes us uniquely suited for particular situations. Add to that 
all of our resources. Like, you know, I'm, all, I'm impressed with uh, Jim, um, uh, Jim uh, Gilkey, Butler, Butler Gilkey, <laughs> who, uh, you know, uh, we have family promise going on, and he says, well, you know what, I got a car. Let, I'll, I'll cart the laundry back and forth. And every time we have family promise, he carts laundry back and forth. Here, there he looks around and he says, what resource do I have that I can make available to God? I have a, lawn, you know, I have a washing machine. I can wash the laundry. I got a lot washing machine. That's to be able to look at your resources and say, I, whatever I have can be used of God. And asking, how can I use that, that car, that house, that my, what do I have? that is available to me and and add to that one's personal passion for particular things you know you know why we have the huntsman center right is because mister huntsman had someone who had cancer and developed a passion for finding a cure for cancer amen so now we have the huntsman center so it's, it's developing one's passion right so, and, then, and then, you know, so you, you start looking at your own life and your own giftedness and, and asking yourself, is this a specific role in the church or is it just who I am? Is it going to be my career for me? When I started looking at my own gifts and talents and passions and callings and desires and talent, I, 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 ultimately the answer to the question was I'm going to make that my career leading the church or being a part of the church in in this role as the the pastor that's not for everybody i wouldn't recommend in fact there's a lot of people i'd like to just get out of there you know uh <laughs> dr jones used to say some were called and some just went <laughs> and you know sometimes that's not always a good thing so not everyone is called to do these kinds of things but we, but we're we're all called. so is it going to be is there some kind of profession that points me towards God's gifts and and is it going to be a profession in the in the church or is it something I do as a volunteer um and and is it even something I'm doing in the context of religion doesn't always have to come back to the church but God is using you somehow and empowering you somehow to transform the world and to bring about the kingdom of God and you know here's the other assumption I have is that the point of being a church is that we are called together to address together, to bring to bear all of those gifts, all of those talents, all of those resources to further the kingdom of God, to attack, if you will, God's clear and compelling and urgent vision for the future of this neighborhood, of this city, of this country, of this world. And we are called to contribute to that vision by bringing all of our gifts to bear. You know, and, and it, it points to what kind of church we're going to be. A beacon on the hill. A diverse community. Look around. We're a diverse community. A community that looks to Jesus for our picture of the world. A community that exercises humble evangelism. Uh, sharing Christ through our acts of compassion and grace, contributing to the good of the community, showing Christ's love and value for all people. We are a place of healing where people can come and just be nurtured into wholeness as they sort it all out, right? There are many things that we are as we come together and are unified. We are all these things and, and more. The most poignant picture, i got to say, 
the most poignant picture of how all this works is to think about our love for music here in the, here in the church. And I don't know any other way to, or rather any better way to demonstrate that than for us to do a little song. So do you remember Peter, Paul, and Mary, right? Those of you? Yeah, good, good group. They had this song called Rock of My Soul. And it goes like this. Rock of my soul in the bosom of Abraham. Rock of my soul in the bosom of Abraham. Rock of my soul in the bosom of Abraham. Oh, rock of my soul. So join me in that. Rock of my soul in the bosom of Abraham. Rock of my soul in the bosom of Abraham. Rock of my soul in the bosom of Abraham. Oh, rock of my soul. That's nice. You guys are sound nice. Now, that's all nice when you're all together like that. That's nothing wrong with that. Uh, unison, right? That represents a certain kind of unity. But that's, you know, that's homogeny, too. That isn't what we're about, right? We're about something different. So there's another part that goes with this. It goes, it goes rock my soul, rock my soul. Rock my soul, oh rock of my soul. So join me in that. Here we go. Rock my soul, rock my soul, rock my soul, oh rock of my soul. Nice. Now I'm going to divide you up. So this side's going to do. Rock my soul in the bosom of Abraham. You guys are going to do rock my soul. Okay, so here we go. We're going to start over here. So here we go. Rock my soul in the bosom of Abraham. Rock my soul in the bosom of Abraham. Rock my soul in the bosom of Abraham. Oh, rock my soul. Keep going. There we go. Rock my soul. Rock my soul. Rock my soul, oh rock of my soul. Okay, do it again. Here we go. Rock, rock my. I'm gonna listen. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> nice. I'm liking that. You guys sound good. You know what? I'm not gonna. I want the balcony again vibe. You get you four. Come on down here by the. Get right up in the corner there, right on the edge. I gotta teach you a part. Yeah, oh, look, Andrew's a. Oh, everyone wake up. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Come line up here. This is your part. Vicky, help him out here. You gotta shout it out, okay? It's gonna go like this. It's gonna go so high, you can't get over it. So low, you can't get under it. So wide, you can't get around it. You must go through with the door. Okay, you guys join me. Shout it out. So high, you can't get over it. So low, you can't get under it so wide. You can't get around it. You must go through with the door. You guys can do louder than that. All right, so here we go. We're going to start over here. You're going to do one verse, and then you keep going. Then we'll add you, and then we'll add you guys. Gusto with gusto. All right, here we go. Rock of my soul in the bosom of Abraham. Rock of my soul in the bosom of Abraham. Rock of my soul in the bosom of Abraham. Oh, rock of my soul. Keep going. Here we go. 
Rock my soul loud. Rock my soul. Don't be shy. Everyone's singing. Rock my soul. Oh, rock my soul. Keep going. Here you guys go. So high, you can't get over it. So low, you can't get under it. So wide, you can't get around it. You must go through with the door. Okay, keep going. Here we go. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> Nice, louder and one more time. <laughs> oh, rock of my soul. Nice, look at that. All those different parts coming together to make one harmony. With a little practice, it'd be really good. <laughs> Making one beautiful song together. That's the church. Amen? Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we, we hear this beautiful song that is the calling to a vocation, that is a calling to be the body of Christ. Help us to sing our part and join together with others as we lift up the body of Christ and the gospel that brings us to life. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen.